All right, all right. Welcome to The Synchronous City. This is your host, Jared McHugh. In this episode, I interview Dion Valdez. Dion is a landscape painter born and raised in Santa Fe, New Mexico. He spent some years studying in Albuquerque, but is by all means a Santa Fe painter. It's a, it's a different style, even a different way of carrying yourself. Anyone familiar with Albuquerque and Santa Fe knows what I'm talking about. And even though I would describe Dion as a landscape painter, he's, he's much more than that. His southwest landscapes include these geometric shapes floating in and, and even containing the sky. It's, it's hard to describe. Uh, you could take a look at it on his Instagram, that's at Dion Paul Valdez, or, or his website, DionValdez.com. So for this interview, I drove up to Santa Fe, about an hour north of Albuquerque. It's not a bad ride, you enjoy the landscape along the way, it's super pretty in this kind of Martian sense. So I get to Dion's apartment, it was my first time there, Dion lets me in, and, and I start to think that all creative people, including myself, have a kind of orderly clutter in their homes and and, and so so I guess what I'm saying is in Dion's apartment there there's stacks of books everywhere paintings and prints on the walls canvases and painting supplies lying around an acoustic guitar in the corner just all this stuff you can get totally lost in it, it's really cool like I mean I could spend a year in Dion's apartment just exploring all the books and paintings it's kind of like worlds within worlds and all these windows looking into other windows and, and we we talk about this in the interview about the way um, art is a kind of window or, or a virtual reality and, and for that reason inherently science fiction. We get more into this idea in the episode but for now I just want to say that if art is a window we can look through then who's to say it's not a window that someone else can look into from the other side? So let me, let me try and be less enigmatic about that. There was this moment during our conversation when it felt like some kind of alien presence came in through the painting that was hanging over the couch I was sitting on. We had been talking about art as windows and, and the inspiration of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey on, on Dion's work. And, and it felt like maybe someone else was in the room with us, like, like this alien intelligence or something. Dion agreed here and it, it was really strange. So. See if you could pick up on it. You know, maybe podcasts are a kind of portal too. At any rate, reach out if you have questions, comments, suggestions. Maybe you want to be on the show. The email is synchronicity505 at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Much love. Dion Valdez. Hey Welcome there. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? Not much. Excited cool. to do this. Yeah, yes. hell yeah, definitely. All right, so I was thinking about this on, on the way over when I was driving. So one thing that, that is really striking about your art for me is your sense of space and perspective, which is really interesting because you're like a very, very New Mexican artist. You know, I think like the way you see feels very New Mexican to me. There's a sense of spaciousness that my art, for example, doesn't really have, you know, I grew up in the Northeast where everything is much more claustrophobic, way more trees, you don't get as much sky. And I feel like that actually impacts my relationship to space and my art. And I get the sense that sure, New Mexico has kind of done the same for you in a different way, your sense of space and perspective. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That definitely has something to do with my art and how I deal with space, how I think about space. Um, it's hard not to notice the gigantic skies that we have here. Um, like
like how we relate to space like here in New Mexico you can go on hikes and you can climb a small peak and like look like 80 miles away 60 miles away you know you can see the tip of a of a ski base and 50 miles away or something you know with these gigantic skies there's not a lot there's not a lot of like architecture to get in the way of anything so mm-hmm. yeah i mean and for me for like my painting specifically like with what i'm doing as i deconstruct these la- these um skyscapes you know i definitely wanted to use the skies as sort of like a a stage for like what i'm doing definitely yeah i like yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Like the sky is the stage, you know, because something you do in your paintings that's really fascinating to me is that you'll kind of take the sky and then compartmentalize it into all these different sort of like prismatic pieces. And, and you'll literally take the sky, something infinite, and then and then bound it up into these kind of like packages that you then throw into perspective. So it's, I don't know, just like that. And then the idea of like, sky as your stage like there's something there that's really really fascinating right well okay like first off i'm coming from like the the frame of mind as like as a sculptor primarily which i think is probably important to i didn't know that to to, to like mention that's really so even when i'm like when i'm dealing with these two-dimensional spaces right these painting surfaces these panels which i also build there's still this sense to me that they are three-dimensional objects as well, like s- sitting on the wall. Right. Right? So that's sort of like this interesting p- part to me also, like creating a sense of three-dimensional, this this three-dimensional feeling visually. Yeah. This space, even what I'm doing with my, my geometric shapes, my like deconstructing the sky on this, which is also another type of object, kind of like the painting surface itself. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's going on, uh-huh. and then with the theme, um, so there's this like theatrical quality, I guess, that's kind of going on. Maybe even with my paintings. I mean, or isn't that like sort of the nature of paintings too, to kind of attach like narrative to it? So maybe by nature, there's sort of like this. Like we want, we want narrative. So there's this theatrical space that I was kind of wanting or looking for, you know. And I, I sort of found that in in our skies, I guess. Right, right, right. So. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like the artist then is, is almost akin to a director, right? I mean, if we're using that sort of like theater metaphor, it's like yeah, the artist absolutely. is there, sort of like wielding oh, yeah. all it's of a, these. It's a all style these of like yeah. storytelling, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely, sure. yeah, because the story is what you're seeing, right? Because mm-hmm. I think what visual art is actually doing is just taking how you see and what you see and then kind of transmitting that to someone else and saying, hey, this is what I see. What do you see? You know, it's a, it's a cool way of right. just sort of like balancing perspectives. With, and it's with funny now that I'm even talking about narrative because I will also mention that with my work in particular is that I am not really – my, my work is like intentionally kind of void of any kind of narrative specifically yeah. again going back to like that me coming from the frame of mind of a sculptor like I was inspired mainly you know as I started my work 
um, like very inspired by minimalist sculpture, especially, uh -huh. which was a lot about how objects activate a space, how it coerces like a viewer to kind of move around it even. Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, so with that in mind, I'm kind of doing that with like a visual experience. Yeah. With the eye, you know? Right. So okay. what kind of, you know, what kind of like sense of weight, mass, you know, this very like art schooly word here, gestalt, like, can yeah, I like yeah. create from my, my shapes or whatever? Uh huh. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but. <laughs> I know, or where I started. Story, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so that's so cool though because like, well yeah, the gestalt like what you're describing is this whole like, yeah, this whole performance, this whole like, network like, of kind of intersecting pieces. That's not sure. just the 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 visuals that you're seeing on on the canvas, but it's the canvas itself, and it's, more of like the sense of mass and shape and presence, right? You know, yeah. And negative space too, right? Because kind of what you just totally. said about like minimalist uh, sculpture is that it, it's it's kind of actualizing the negative space around it. It's not even 100%. about the sculpture itself as much as it is about the space around it. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is as important as the object or maybe even more in right. certain cases. You know. Exactly. Yeah, and and you're I definitely know, like, doing Saul that. Saul was dealing with that. Donald Judd was. Mm -hmm. um, just a couple like off the top of my head, but um, who else? I can't think of his name right now. It'll come back to me in a little bit. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So that so then that adds extra significance to your um, your interest in the sky and the sky as stage, right? Because totally. the sky itself is negative space, and it seems like what you're doing is taking right negative space and then um objectifying it turning totally. turning it into totally. a sculpture itself pretty much yeah yeah it's it's pretty Definitely. much um void and form you're kind of like going into mm -hmm. the void and then like building form out of it right right like wild. <laughs> it, right it, they're like independently these studies on space and form in our relationship to like the two objects i guess right mm -hmm. so also with the uh minimalist sculpture you described um sort of like coercing the viewer into moving around it and, totally. and also occupying that mm -hmm. space in different ways so do you have a goal for your viewer i mean what's what's your ideal audience doing as they're interacting with your paintings my goal for them is to have a visual experience with it and it's, to me, that's sort of like, maybe with intention, sort of simplistic, but also, I mean, I, you know, that's like a, it's also like a pretty intensely, like deep kind of experience to have yeah. or with, with, with the painting or object or with art. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's what I'm trying to evoke, I guess just this visual experience yeah trying to create that um like uh i think who was the artist joseph albers i believe he did these like very minimalistic paintings of like squares with so it'd be like a red square and maybe like a yellow or orange square painted in the center of it yeah like do you have 
Have you I'm, seen I'm not them? sure if I've seen that. Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah, if you think of them. But he was like really interested in like this vibration that would happen in between the colors. Great. Like, at yeah. the line. Mm-hmm. I think it's something, there's something about that that I'm even looking for, like these small moments where you can right. have like this push and pull, this kind of like these little moments of vibration yeah. within like this two-dimensional space. Right, right. Which I th- is what I think like interests me. That's what keeps me in my studio painting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, Okay, that like extreme visual experience that you're describing mm-hmm. for your viewer and then also your experience as the painter as as kind of like getting into those those spaces of juxtaposition between colors and the vibration that occurs as a result of that. It almost sounds like you're describing like like a spiritual experience too cuz and I kind of get that sense from your paintings that when I look at your paintings there is a sense of vastness and spaciousness being out in the desert under the sky and and feeling the sky kind of like imploding over you you know it does have this sort of like transcendent quality to it do you think that's there in your paintings i think so i mean i don't think i'm like intentionally trying like to go for that but like a part of me embraces the spirit of that Mm -hmm. kind of ideal i guess yeah yeah like yeah yeah, I, i don't think i'm would you know i don't think i've would intentionally like not want to have that kind of <laughs> right. you know and plus that's like a part of like who i am i mean i meditate uh-huh. i do things i like try to you know I, I i like that quality in other things of life you know why not right. work or painting or yeah because all right so yeah i guess that's kind of like what i'm getting to and you know it's my own subjective experience of your paintings right so these things may or may not be there or they're there only for me as as one viewer of them but there is like a meditative quality to them you know i definitely do look at them and it it feels the way that meditation feels to me sometimes when i'm looking at your paintings right right and what was it like even like which i i liked you know um I think it was like even Rothko who kind of em- totally embraced that kind of like the spiritualism of art and kind of like the shamanesque like mm. kind of qualities of being a painter and creating art. Yeah, yeah. And creating those kinds of emotions that come with like experiencing and right looking at these paintings right and the you know the emotions and spiritual feelings that come from that. Yeah, which again, getting back to like space and place, I feel like that's something that is kind of in the air in New Mexico. I mean, a lot of people do come here, um, whether they're here looking for art or they're here just vacationing or passing through. But I feel like I've met and talked to a lot of people who feel a kind of like, I I don't even even know how to describe it, but like a vibrational experience, almost the way you were describing the vibration in, in your oh, paintings. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah, something people in New come Mexico, to like right? northern New Mexico to like yeah. find themselves spiritually, right? Right, yeah, there's like, so many like... We know like, that. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is, because that was definitely part of my experience of moving out here from the Northeast, where oh, I, I came out here and like absolutely. very, very quickly felt like I was home and, and felt connected to the space. I mean, yeah. were you aware of that before you moved here? No, dude, I or didn't was even... that something you sort of discovered once I you were here? I barely knew New Mexico like, existed. That this was yeah. kind of like a harbor for like spiritual enlightenment kind yeah. of. No, it was something that I just sort of, um, 
stumbled upon. I, okay. I came out here with no preconceived notions about New Mexico, about right. Albuquerque, Santa Fe, whatever. I I kind of came, I, I sort of like through a weird series of events ended up here. But um, Well, I feel like there's a part of you that's maybe like that maybe is that like a leap for i don't know like i feel like there or that like could embrace that kind of spirit or sense like no that was there yeah sort of. that was like, kind of there already so, and right because you didn't grew. really yeah. you didn't grow up in a place where it was kind of like very different kind of vibe from like the santa fe northern new mexico yeah i didn't like grow up around hippies or something like that hippies, yeah like long totally island's like very conservative yeah totally uh-huh. yeah so that's why i was kind of like curious if like you were aware of kind of no i wasn't it was it was it was a it was a happy accident to quote yeah totally that must have been pretty cool (laughs) it was a happy accident my my coming out here (laughs) no but yeah and as i as i read more and and learned more about new mexican history and started to see like oh this this i guess uh i don't know what to call it i'll just call it the vibrational feeling that i sometimes feel in my body i was then feeling in the place right which was really refreshing because where I grew up, I didn't feel that connection to the place as much. Okay. okay. I mean, now I actually I do when I go back to visit, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just very powerful here. And well, you're from here originally though. So I mean, I am. Yeah. And right. You know, so how am I aware of that? And I think that's just from like meeting people who have like come here searching for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe other people who kind of, ended up in these parts discovered that that was sort of a thing around here right kind of just became a member of this community and you know just embraced the way of northern 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 new mexico you know so right 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 yeah yeah because that's something that really fascinates me is that my experience of this place of the mountains is different from people who've grown up here because oh sure I grew up pretty close to New York City, so people from here who are born and raised in New Mexico are always like, oh, man, New York City. And I'm like, yeah, it's just a place. It's whatever. Yeah. And then when I'm out here, I'm like, oh, man, the mountains, you know, but then people have grown up here are like, yeah, it's whatever. It's just it's a place, you know, so I don't know if there's also an element of kind of like (laughs) exoticizing, you know, just distant places. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, that's got to be a thing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's got to be a part of it. Because that's part of like the desert spirituality too which is like that too right it's just sort of people who Mm -hmm. don't know this place who can then project all of their kind of like woo-woo-ness onto it like that that's part of it too you know maybe it's like easy to live the cliche here yeah it seems easy to live a cliche for sure not even like saying that in a Uh bad way really right it's a nice cliche i don't know yeah desert hippie or something like right yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny (laughs) I mean, it's it's fun to live it when you're here. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, sure. So, so how far back, to your knowledge, does your family extend? Like, how how long has your family been in uh, New Mexico? Um, oof, quite a while. Um, my parents are from a small town in northern New Mexico. Their parents. Or in one way or another, we're from like smaller ranches in northern New Mexico, and back from then, I mean, little from like the natives who were here for tens of hundreds of generations, perhaps, and then the parts of you know, 
um, colonial Spaniards and yeah, yeah, you know, wh- whoever, you know, Mexican natives and you know, so a mixture of that. So I'm pretty true blue. Yeah. All the way New Mexican, you know. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Uh huh. Yeah, you and Jared both, Jared Valdez, Dion's brother. Um, I feel like I, I was actually saying to a friend last night I was hanging out with because I was talking about was okay. my weekend. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. gonna come up and, and uh, chat with Dion on the pod. And uh, I was like, yeah, Dion and Jared, they're just the most New Mexican people oh, I know. I could see that <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah, we have the chili running through our veins for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is super funny, yeah. Absolutely. The chili <laughs> running through your veins, yeah. Which is cool cuz my ancestry is European descent coming over okay. to to New York and New York okay. City in the early 20th century, you know, which has its own like interesting story and, you, and no, history totally. to it. Yeah, so it's absolutely. cool to have how our histories absolutely. and our ancestors' histories shape where we're at Mm -hmm. not not just like i don't know our culture our way of feeling our way of being our way of interacting with the space around us you know it's really fascinating right and back to like my art even yeah our way of making art yeah it's been like Uh important to me to kind of do this like traditional sort of um new mexico style like landscape painting right and it was important even though my work can like maybe even be described as somewhat or like quite a bit um like conceptual in a way yeah but there's still like this element of like classic new mexico landscape art you know for sure that was like important to me to like preserve and to have right i kind of liked that juxtaposition of of that like conceptual art and something you know classic traditional which is, I think, like growing up in a in a t- like this art town like Santa Fe, which is a lot of like kitschy Southwest art that I grew up around. Yeah, which definitely had an influence on me. I mean, of I course. can't How say that it, it didn't. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I mean, come hang out around downtown Santa Fe. Like yeah. you're gonna see lots of big clouds and skies and you know, gold leafed um, frames on big oil paintings and these yeah. like you know very kind of like cliche southwestern style art right right which i mean wasn't like an inspiration for me to like pursue art per se but Mm -hmm. i mean it was part of my experience with art and my like visual experience with viewing art and learning about and yeah yeah it's what i was observing and learning from to a certain degree i guess so yeah yeah Right, and like you said, you can't, you can't ignore those influences, right? Because they're there. No, if they're if they're kitschy no. or cliched, it doesn't matter. It's what I knew. Yeah, yeah, it, was a, what, yeah. it was a tool. Yeah. It was a tool that was available to me. Right, right. You know, it was, it's what I knew. So yeah, which I had is to, so like, find cool. Find my way to work with it. You know. Yeah, and that's so cool because again, I just I can't help but think about sort of my experience with art and your experience with art because mm-hmm. they're pretty different. You know, because I didn't grow up in like. Um, a very artistic place you know mm-hmm. there wasn't a sense of like an artistic tradition in which i can can partake so there's sure. a lot of sort of like trying to find it out for myself and then sort of like develop it for myself and it felt even like a little bit rebellious just to be doing 
art itself, you know, but for you, it seemed like something that was just part of the fabric. Almost conformative around here, like in this yeah, com- in this right. community, like right. it seemed like everyone kind of at some point has like their. It's so knit into the fabric be, like, of New Mexico, of Santa Fe specifically. Kind of, yeah, totally. Which in itself kind of made it difficult. Also, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you, you like ask yourself a lot, like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I'm like, a, well, I'm a Santa Fe kid, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's hysterical. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Just like, oh, great. Yeah, here I am. You know, another, like, kid from Santa Fe that wants to go to art school. Like, how original. Yeah, damn. You know? So there was that, for sure. But (laughs) And how would you, I guess, how would you navigate that, right? Because, like, okay, because like you just said, I mean, you are working within a specific tradition and you're kind of honoring right, that tradition right. of New Mexico landscape painting as you're also kind of like well, breaking tell it, you. changing it. So, Oh yeah, no, I'll tell you. I mean, so even embracing that aspect of like art, my art, um, yeah. ha- including this traditional New Mexican thing was even in itself, like a way to rebel around like what was going on Yeah, in Santa Fe, even in particular with like Meow Wolf, for instance. Wow. So okay, like, yeah. you know, what I was looking for and kind of identifying with and, you know, those things that were like getting, waking me up and getting me into my studio were things that like, you know, Meow Wolf wasn't touching with a 10 foot stick, you know? So for me, it was my own way to like rebel against this, this, you know, popular wave that was going on in this community. Yeah. You know, maybe even like in art in general, but you know, right? Yeah, that's so so cool. Because actually, uh, Jared and I, um, when we were taking a grad class together a few years ago, Meow Wolf had like just opened. Okay. Uh, me, him, and a few other friends from that class went to Meow Wolf to, mm-hmm. you know, just think about it and study it. Yeah, and, sure. And read it, it as art and everything. Yeah. You know. Um, and I went and I was like, this is so, so cool. I loved it. It was just like fun and weird and quirky. And I was like thinking about reality and where does reality end. And sure. that, that's what I was reading yeah. into. And then Jared, your brother, grew up in Santa Fe, everything else. Like he read it totally differently. He was like, yeah, well, fucking sucks. He was like, <laughs> he was like, it's not affordable for the people who actually live in the neighborhood mm-hmm. where it was built. He's like, totally. he, he saw a lot of... um I don't know. He, he, yeah, he pretty much saw like a lot of like kitschiness and just like, sure. like, I don't know, just like inviting more people here who have nothing to do with New Mexico totally. and everything else, totally. you know, um, he was reading into like the classism, even the racism of it. And it was so, so sure. fascinating because all that stuff was really blind to me, you know? So to hear you say like that was a point yeah. of contention, totally, you know, totally that's so interesting, not easy to see with, you know, with that particular situation, but yeah, there was a different, you know, an other side to that coin. For yeah. Sure. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Which is wild. Cause again, for me, it's like, it is cool. Like I do. No, it is. It, you know? Yeah. There yeah. are some positive, cool things going on with, you know, art collectives these days. Right. Um, right. I've been a part of art collectives myself, um, mm-hmm. but there are also some concerning aspects yeah sure sure about them you know and i guess that's the weird balance of like um art as commodity right art as object to be sold i mean right there is something really uncomfortable about that you know because it is there is that's like very uh 
intimate you know there's there's an intimacy about art and then to, to commodify that feels strange and, and you now wolf it seems like at this point they've become this commodity like beast and monster right know? they're just disneyland right and like yeah i mean they sponsor a soccer team now with, yeah that was, yeah I you know that it's was like weird. what yeah. are they uh -huh. what is what is it anymore right. which and is kind of cool brand. you yeah. know like uh -huh. i get that like as far as you know social commentary on art and how sure it's intertwined in real life sure that's sure. somewhat yeah. interesting for me personally i not really you know that's right. not i think like i was saying a minute ago like what wakes me up and gets me into my studio sure sure that's not it for me mm -hmm. personally but to each their own you know yeah and i think it's like so. one thing i'm learning recently now is like there is a separation between sort of like the art itself and then the branding of the art Mm -hmm. you know and those are two different skills some people are really really good at branding but totally. they're not great artists but they do have like a presence in sort of the albuquerque yeah. art scene or whatever oh, sure and then other people who are amazing artists but can't brand for shit and then they and then no one ever sees their stuff and it's like well what's the point if no totally. one's getting to enjoy it with totally. you you know so it's a it's a strange balance to strike yeah that's one of the interesting aspects of I think like a bunch of different types of art expressions. Yeah. How good are you at self-promotion or, you know? Yeah. And is self-promotion and was... branding necessarily selling out? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a line there somewhere, right? Where is that? Yeah. I don't really know, but right. it's somewhere there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause on the other end too, is like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be that artist who's like really, really good, but like, I don't know, it's just working in, in like a closed off room and kind of disdainful totally. of everyone else because totally. of their branding or something. You know? Right, I get that. I get that too. Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm maybe a little too much like that. It's like, yeah, you know, Dion, you, you've you got to show these paintings someday, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you're working, so. Right, right. It's like the musician just like singing away to no one. Yeah, exactly. Or, you exactly, know, yeah the dancer dancing in a quiet lonely room <laughs> yeah you know which there's art a beauty is to, to be that. shared like yeah if it's painting dance music right right right, right. yeah it's a celebration of it is of humanity i mean mm -hmm. and, and i think that's kind of at the very base of of art you know that's its core it's like you know we can talk about space and place and spirituality and branding right. and all these different things but really at its core is it's just a celebration of being human totally that's it totally you know and then how can you do that without other people you know right yeah absolutely no it's crucial yeah you yeah know? yeah it's like the missing link to it i mean it's it's the final piece yeah for sure i mean no matter like the viewer is the final piece to my painting you know it's not really done until people are like looking at it and exactly, experiencing yeah. it. And that's also like a really cool feeling to like when my art is up in a show and I'm walking around and just kind of like watching people stand in front of a piece. And yes. Kind of yeah. like talk to each other silently, you know, uh -huh. it's like now it's done. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's being yeah. experienced. Dude, that's know? cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Cause that's been new for me. I've been like getting out in the Albuquerque art walk a bit more and stuff like that. Right, right and the two people whose opinions i value most are, mm -hmm. are other artists and then uh children because okay. other artists <laughs> i feel like there's a sense of knowledge there For so sure. it's like you know like 
if you saw one of my things and was like, that was really good, I'd, I respect your opinion as an artist sure. whose work I respect, sure. right? There's something really there. And then little kids, too, are just so, like, when they think something's cool, they think something's cool. There's That's it. You know, there's right, no, like, preconceived right. notions yeah. about what it should be or anything. They right. just get it's psyched, like you know? purity so, like, of emotion there. That's Yeah, artists and kids, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It... I've heard it all. Like people are always, I think I was saying earlier, people's like desire to like attach narrative to things. Like I've heard so many right interesting interpretations of like what my art might be about, and people are counting my shapes and trying to find like meaning really? and, and the and like numbers and oh, you they're know, doing like numerology. Totally, on yeah, so which is cool. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. do it. You know, like yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna there stop is you, right? no instruction manual. Right. on how to look at my art yeah like go for it you know like i don't honestly i don't really even like to have people read like my artist statements or anything mm. i mean just like look at it like what is it i mean what do you like like what is you know like like what you want about it you know yeah. i mean i don't know yeah. you know it either does something for you or it doesn't you know right yeah it's like i don't it just exists like, like it's tell just you here. how yeah. to you know uh-huh. like i think you look at it what I'm kind of, it's going to happen one way or another. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, you're going to have that visual experience one way or another. Right. You don't need me to like hold you by the hand and take you through it. Yeah. Um, right. In fact, I'm kind of like against artist statements, I guess. Oh, cool. Probably for that reason. I mean, I get that they're important. (laughs) There, there is a function for them, but you know, I think by and large I'm, I'm against them. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I don't like being, led by the hand when i'm walking to galleries or anything right yeah maybe after the fact something quick yeah you know yeah that's a weird balance too because i feel that there's definitely something to just like right being in the piece without the without a prescribed narrative right totally but then i i actually also really really enjoy when someone can kind of like point out new things to me that I would have been unaware right. of, whether whether that's coming from an artist statement or, also isn't know. like it a lot more fun to like hear a musician talk about like a, a song you like after you've heard it fifty times? Yeah, you know, I you like, like that. know yeah. the lyrics and like it's special to you, right? You know, for your own reasons, cool, for your own yeah, associations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then maybe years later you see some kind of interview with them or you right. read an article and you're like, wow, that's like, I never knew that connection with that song. That's really cool. Like I have my own personal meaning. Yeah. With it. Cool. And yeah. It, you know, but also cool to like, that's what they were kind of like, you know, it adds like this new layer to it. Yeah. Yeah. It adds to the it's meaning. Like separate yeah. to your own. Right. But I like that. That's cool. Yeah. And I guess that's a bit different than if, you know, if you're if someone's gonna play you a song and then they give you and a they description break it down, of it like, and break here's down here's a song, or... this is why it's important. Yeah. When the chorus comes in, like, here's what you should feel. What you should feel. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like, exactly. I don't know if I would ever <laughs> like it the same. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. I don't know if I would be caught tapping my foot to it later. <laughs> on my right. second listen you know because no one likes to be told like this is what you should do well, no, i guess some it, people like that but right but it either yeah. does something for you or it doesn't you right know? yeah so which is why it was like important for me not to have narrative or to have 
numerology, for example. <laughs> I mean, which is cool. And yeah. I'm not saying that, like, you know, sometimes numbers aren't in there. And, you know, like, yeah, I've done that before. Like, maybe that's a little secret that I'm revealing that I've, I've been <laughs> significant numbers to me. But that's just, yeah. those are kind of like my own little secrets that I guess I like to have with right. myself and okay, the viewer, yeah. you know. Which is that's you then as viewer of your own art, right? Yeah, like even like my new painting. I mean, there's 19 shapes. Um, which hey, like prime 19, number, right? 19 has kind of been a significant number this year, right? And the news and everything. like Has it? Oh, yeah. Duh, yeah. COVID, <laughs> right? COVID-19, <laughs> yeah, 2020, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like a big number. So is right. that part of it? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I mean... Sure, why not? That's though, like, right? le- like, like yeah. maybe, I don't know. I'll just leave that one out there. You know, is that? This painting's actually about COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, 19 also, like, now that we're here, I, I kind of want to dig into that. Um, 19 does have, like, a weird resonance to it, right? I mean, 19, it is a prime number, right? Is that wrong? I I haven't done math in a while. I think it's a prime no, because but... it's divisible by eight. No, nineteen, isn't it? No, not by eight, eight. plus eight. That's uh sixteen. That's sixteen. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> then it is. It is a prime. Yeah. Yeah, it's a prime number, yeah. and I feel like there is something to like prime numbers. Mm-hmm. I also recently finished uh, reading this book series, uh, the Hyperion series by Dan. It's Simmons. divisible by nine. No. No, no, no. No. Nine, because nine plus nine is eighteen. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. But anyway, in this book series, prime numbers just keep coming up. It's a sci-fi book, but okay, like okay. oh, but it's super, super subtle, and it's just constantly prime numbers. Prime numbers up, are important, like, you know. There's something. Anytime to you're doing a series, you always want it to be a prime number. You know, you never want to have like even numbers on uh, the show. That's true. Yeah, it's like a trilogy. Hang, yeah, you never yeah. want to hang six paintings. You know, you make it seven. Or five. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it just looks it. Three, five, you seven, off. nineteen. Yeah, totally. there's something to it. Yeah, I think because since it's not divisible by anything, it feels whole. Okay. Like I don't know, it just feels like it. It's complete. Right. Right. You know, until you get to the next set totally, of prime. Totally. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, maybe I'm just gonna have to start like counting all my shapes now. <laughs> finding meaning in that yeah after this conversation you become like the numerology guy (laughs) yeah but that's like an interesting thing with the arts right like they're super subjective and yeah i mean it's like endless the combination of opinions and thoughts that can be like conjured up from them or like created and you know that's the cool thing about it so hey and that'd probably be good for uh branding you know like because part of branding is being like, I'm the that guy, like, totally. I'm that guy, whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm the numbers guy, you know? Could be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for people <laughs> to, like, a- appoint me a you're that guy title, you know? Yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, I don't want to proclaim what my shtick is going to be, you know? I'm, I'm, like, waiting for the for people to be... You're the this dude. Well, I just did it, man. You're the number guy. That's I it. Could be the number guy. Totally, <laughs> totally. I could be the number guy. Yeah, why not? Yeah, the cloud guy. The the cloud guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> the numerological cloud guy. Totally. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I like that. I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. But hey, that's fair though. I mean, like, because look at music, right? I mean, like, I feel like anytime there's a new genre, it's never like the the musician, the artist right. who's like, right, this is this is grunge music. It's like no, it's like record shops are trying to sell records that then put a label on it in order to facilitate selling their records. It's never like totally. the you know, like jazz musicians weren't like this is jazz, you know, or, or look at literature. Same yeah. Thing. It's hard like, to like identify what you're doing as the creator sort of. Yeah. It always takes like yeah, some uh, about, distance, huh? you know, with, with the arts, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of like history, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't understand the significance of a historical moment until 10 years down the road. Right. A hundred years down the you road. Need you need know? space from it. Yeah. You need space and time mm-hmm. and room to breathe before mm-hmm. you can be like, Oh, 2020 was, this was the impact of 2020. You're not going to know until probably, I don't know, 30, 20, you know? Totally. Right. Need to distance ourselves from it. Actually, okay. Here's a, what it is. Yeah. So there's another question for you. So space is obviously very important in your work. We've talked about that does time play into your work at all is is there any element of of time that you're kind of playing with i guess only like in the creative process you know which is always kind of like my relationship to it um how i produce how industrious i'm feeling each year i guess well maybe only in that aspect i guess i don't know yeah but that's interesting, though. That's something I probably will think about more. Yeah, because especially you know? with something like art where it doesn't seem like a time art. You know, when I think of time arts, I think of like like music is a time art. Even right. reading a novel is yeah timed, you know. Even with like time physics it. itself, like time and space. Yeah, know, how yeah. How they're related to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, can a painting... Can, can a painting... Um, recalibrate your perception of time in a similar way that it recalibrates your perception of space and if so what would that look like you know right i mean i feel like that's got to be happening on some level right is it measurable probably not but something like that's happening absolutely yeah yeah so even if you're thinking of like the viewer who's walking around the piece and their Absolutely. eyes are kind of gliding over it from one portion of the painting to the next that is I mean, happening within there time, is one know? aspect to like viewing art in time which i've always kind of found interesting um even with like types of art like different mediums i mean for instance even like with, with music there's like this ephemeral nature to it a performance you know you see it live. It ex- if it's not recorded, you it exists for two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes, and that's the experience you have yeah. with it. Right. Right. You were there to see that art yeah. as it was performed. There. It goes. It comes. It goes. Yeah. Right. Um, paintings. It's this still image, right? Um, but there's also this like interesting thing with time, where like, and space, and the fact that. For like me, if I'm looking at really cool old paintings in a museum or something, there's something special to me to like stand in front of the art 
because there's like this timeless quality where you stand with the artist looking at that actual object yeah the way they may have you know yeah yeah and even though you're like in this different place but still your relationship to space object being 10 feet away with the piece being eye level the artist stood there like that walked stood back from it looked observed yeah here you are as a viewer i mean it's kind of an interesting thing with the visual arts you know and how we experience that and how time is related to it right right you know it's like a uh it's almost a a, a virtual reality experience right kind of is yeah yeah totally someone kind of creates this reality for you and then you step into it so your vision is kind of superimposed onto theirs you know right it's really like ghosty too it's like it is yeah it is yeah and how they're seemingly timeless i mean still paintings are slowly eroding i mean nothing is forever especially right wood and oil or acrylic and i mean it it's just on a much different time scale for what our eyes can measure but yeah 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 it is happening right before our eyes you know yeah that makes me think of like the picture of dorian gray you ever read that one um i have yes i have okay yeah yeah Yeah, oscar wilde and he paints dorian gray Mm -hmm. and then the painting starts to age and dorian remains totally remains young totally yeah and then at the end the painting you know murders him right yeah but there's something so fascinating about that because right i mean in outside of that story and like our reality it's like the painting is there and then the image on the painting if it's a portrait right it's, it remains young you know the person in it remains young it's a type of preservation but right but like you're saying the painting itself the minute you stop painting it it's like in a state of erosion you know totally. whether that's going to be a thousand years or 10 years depending it on the quality happening. of the paper or whatever yeah. um yeah there's something to that you know so mm-hmm. it's like there's almost like um in the episode I recorded with with your brother, we talked about like the immortality project and legacies and stuff like that. Oh, I sure. think I think that yeah. comes up in art, especially it's oh, portrait painting or photography. It's yeah, totally. Trying to preserve what is impreservable, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading a biography about um, Leonardo da Vinci actually, and just just like made me think about how the painting of the last supper is just like in horrible shape yeah and how it's eroding like rapidly and just it hardly exists at all anymore yeah wow yeah so (laughs) but then it still has this like huge cultural significance and resonance right like totally. everyone knows that one, absolutely but it doesn't yeah exist it might anymore, be the most important out. painting yeah. you know like ever and still yeah <laughs> how, how does it exist you know yeah exactly yeah so, how does did it ever actually exist you totally know? yeah and that almost gets back to branding again where it's like trying to okay like our experience of life is time it's we're we're constantly in a state of change nothing is stable right part of meditation is sort of like letting go of your attachment to stability and just sort of like letting go into the flow of things right totally but then think something like painting or photography or, or anything else is like 
trying to trying to preserve that you know and there's something really almost right desperate about it this desperation you know it is yeah to preserve like the yeah permanent like it's not can't be you know yeah oh yeah but then but then the branding of the thing creates like a new reality of it you know that right. that's seemingly stable you right. know that's right. kind of like the okay you're the numerology guy now it's like totally. this is who i am I, I created a category put you in that box you know which right creates the illusion of stability you know right the right. last supper that's what it is it has cultural right. significance those are all just categories and boxes even though the right. actual physical piece is on its way out even how like historians write about art and how they just appropriate it to whatever is important in the time they're writing it you know like the opinions on pieces like every 10 years yeah our opinions about art like important art and um, art movements change yeah you know because we change yeah we, we we find new importance in it and we find new reasons why we want to preserve it yeah and those like reasons and values change uh-huh and we just kind of like keep up with it yeah you know change it adapt yeah and it seems to me that's like the weird point of distinction between artists and i guess non-artists where like i feel like artists are more willing to embrace change than um non-artists you know because i feel like people who are just pure consumers of art rather than creators of it i feel like there's often this like nostalgia where it's like oh man back in the 90s i wish you know 90s sure. culture that's when we had it that's when we sure. figured it out that was the best or like 60s culture or whatever it is whatever right, whatever right. golden age you're trying to get back to i feel like that's something that a lot of people do like oh man if only we could be back in those good old days the myth of the good old days humans you know? love nostalgia right yeah which what do you think is like the relationship of like a an artist to nostalgia do you think nostalgia is something that like um maybe for some you know but i think by and large artists are trying to push change if anything yeah i think like yeah. artists by and large are like hypersensitive and they're kind of like on the edge of culture a little bit and they right. you know i think the consumer is looking for the new you know the viewer is looking for something new yeah yeah know? yeah so i think they're kind of at the cusp of change and yeah 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 and i think that's part of my favorite um experience of drawing is those moments when you do feel like you're on the edge, especially when I'm working with ink, you know, something yeah. like so permanent on like For a sure. white piece of paper and you feel like you feel like you're walking on the edge of the Grand Canyon or something where totally. you're like any false move, you know, Yeah, there's something to yeah. that, you know, you Absolutely. feel like you're, I guess it kind of brings you present. You, you are the change. You, you're with the change. You're just right. kind of happening with it. Is, is right. that, do you, is that like an experience you have with your paintings or? Yeah, I've probably experienced something like that, akin to that at least, for sure. I guess it's hard to say at this exact moment, but yeah. Sure, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Or I think about like tattoo artists, you know? Oh, sure. We're like, yeah, this that's is... an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, if I fuck up, like, I really fuck up, you know? Like, this is pretty much for good. Yeah. You know? 
yeah. Yeah. About as close as you can get to quote unquote for good. Yeah. Right. Know. Right. Well, hey, there's um, there's like uh, mummified skin from Egyptian times, ancient Egyptian oh, times. Sure. That's tattooed. You oh, know, yeah. they have like oh yeah, ancient tattoos still That's preserved. True. You know, right? <laughs> Which is so wild. You that know, is wild. That. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I feel like we're coming to the the end of the the pod. Any any closing any closing statements? Um, I don't know any any more questions like about my work or anything. Um. Uh, and people can look at it on my website dionvaldez.com oh, yeah, yeah. there you go i have that you know my i'm on instagram dion paul valdez at dion paul valdez find me there on insta um all right there you go yeah on, on your site are you um are you just are you selling or are you taking commissions on my site that's really just um i mean i have like a, a statement uh just like images of my work i'm not sell- i don't sell anything online of course people could like you know email me message me on insta if they see anything they like um right now i'm kind of just like building work for some shows this summer i was fortunate enough to like sell quite a bit of work two years ago before the whole lockdown year so i'm kind of just like building up my show collection again which has kind of been like a slow process which i'm sure a lot of artists out there experienced over lockdown and yeah, this pandemic yeah. you know i think a lot of us had these big dreams to fill our studios with work that we would be making until we realized that we spent a lot more time just like pacing in our homes and oh god <laughs> you yeah. know like walking our dogs 75 times a day (laughs) you know so um but aside from that yeah um like yeah everything i paint is for sale at one point in time you know for sure so dude that's funny okay last (laughs) last last question (laughs) okay the effect of pandemic on you as an artist on artists generally because yeah, I definitely Oof. feel that there's been so many moments yeah, of like putting there? this pressure on so yourself. Depressing. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Where it's like you put this pressure on yourself where it's like, well, I have all the time in the world now, so if I'm not True. producing something's right. wrong, but then you like But isn't that that's like a big part about being an artist, right? Is yeah. like the clock is never really you never really clock out. Like you are always Oh, on the man. go like you yeah. um 24 7 for the rest of your life i think like once you decide like i make art yeah. i am a painter i'm a sculptor i'm a musician whatever that's it you know um you have to be self-motivated and you kind of have to be your own boss your own motivator you know your own kind of manager to to give yourself deadlines yeah, I mean, yeah. unless you're lucky enough to kind of fall into positions where you know people are asking for your work and that's awesome but i think you know even those people i probably have to go through a stage where they have to self-motivate and yeah. take care of that for themselves like that has to be in you you have to have that fire i think right so but yeah for like uh, what were we saying like with the pandemic um yeah that was very real i mean there was like some kind of pressure i think out there maybe some something out there just like oh i have all this time i'm not working now yeah nothing is open uh socially nothing is happening yeah you know like no one's doing anything no one's dating anybody yeah yeah 
but all those little things are kind of like what like lubricate the gears to make art right yeah going out the small conversations with acquaintances right interactions with strangers and people uh the human romance like all that Uh human stuff if you take it away then you're kind of like this i don't i don't know what you are you turn into something that's yeah. not what you were. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. Around. I don't know who you yeah. are, but you aren't what you were. So, oh man, yeah. And I don't know about you, but there's moments <laughs> of like, especially this winter. It felt like the 200 year long winter, man. Like, oh my god, where like there's moments where I just like Oof. speaking of like objects and space and perception. I feel like there'd be moments of like isolation for a little too long, where like I feel like I was getting like dissociated from oh thank god the objects in my apartment, dude. You know, out for there. real. Yeah, like, oh my god. Totally. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Wild. tough. I mean, yeah. Even the you know, I uh, I have a painting that I worked on for months over lockdown, and I can't look at it. Really, Damn. I literally put it like backwards in my room and I, I don't want to look at it yeah it's i it, i i'm happy with the painting it's a beautiful painting i think i you know for what i do like i think i i, I did what i do you know like yeah. it you know i like it but it just like ugh, it disturbs me yeah I can't, <laughs> I can't look at it yeah totally i just Dude, ugh, oh my there's god some weird energy in it you know for real man and that's i think like, that's oh. huge in in art especially visual art I, I think for me and it sounds like you where it's like there is like this like like you could feel it like i have a I have a friend who um during a very depressed period in her life she drew a self-portrait okay and it was horrifying dude like i would not she had it like hidden away in a closet and she brought it out and like i wouldn't touch it man she wants to go like hand over the really the like paper to me and i was like i was like i'm not touching that get that way it kind of hurts, have the man. same aversion to this art like art piece herself or was it kind she of she seemed pretty okay with it. with it it was something i sensed okay. you know yeah. it's like yeah. but um but yeah there's just this like darkness to it whereas i get that mm-hmm. away from me like you should yeah. burn that yeah you know? and i've done that with like my own drawings that i've drawn something from a you know dark space and then i burn that shit at that oh totally there, totally know? Yeah, I mean, in a way, I, I mean, maybe you relate to this in a sense, um, but, like, if I'm working on a piece, I mean, especially, with, like, with the tempo to which, like, I work, you know, yeah. like, with my piece, you know, it can take anywhere from two to five or six weeks plus whatever, depending on the size, but they become, like, I'm not the type of artist that can, like, start multiple pieces. Like, I have to start one and finish cool, it, yeah. start one, uh-huh. finish, move on. I never go back, you know? Once I'm done, I'm done. I sign it. Right. That's it. I'll never touch it again. Yeah. Um. But they be they become like very attached and anchored into these points in my life. Definitely. Yeah. Like journal entries or something. Right. For sure. Which is also another weird thing because I say like I do not want narrative attached to my paintings, except I also have these like emotional attachments to points in my life and with right. my paintings. And even though there is like no narrative, they're still kind of like. I say journal entry. How can that mm-hmm. be really? But, but it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how could yeah. you not? Right. Totally. It, it'd be weird if you didn't have that totally. journal entry qual- uh, quality to it. Right. You know. Or even that kind of like emotional connection to it, right. as a creator at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's and, and you know, and then like when the viewers are there and they're talking to me, 
it's also interesting to kind of see how they attach emotion to my work or right. where they make connections, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that can always be interesting. Yeah. There's something to that, yeah. Right. And even like the happy side too. Not It's even not just the too. dark side no, that no, like the energy no, totally. carries. I mean, totally. I've definitely also seen drawings and paintings from friends where I'm like, wow, you're in love with life right now that's really good absolutely yeah yeah totally i have certain paintings where i always want them around i don't even want to sell them because they just make me happy dude yeah exactly for about like the time Uh like what was going on yeah there's that time and space thing again we were talking about you know right how we attach that yeah so i think there's a quality of time travel in um i think so in painting and visual Mm -hmm. art there's definitely it's time travel yeah okay there's That's something it, yeah. there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, as earlier we were talking about time and like what's the time element in visual art and it's totally. it's time travel, you know? Even like if we were to sit in my car right now, throw on classic rock radio. Right. We're going to hear Led Zeppelin in yeah. the early 20s, you know? Yeah. How is that not time travel? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, that's yeah. art, you know? Uh-huh. And that's like, that's like a kind of thought experiment where it's like, okay, if I took, you know, let's say like a child and then raised them in a house with technology that was only from like, I don't know, the 1950s, there's an icebox instead of like a freezer and like sure. the television is, you know, black and white and antenna and yeah. no phones or anything else. And I'm constantly just playing like videotapes of like old news recordings or something <laughs> where you see like president eisenhower making speeches or whatever like, like that child creepy human experiment yeah like yeah setting up and like yeah, yeah it's, like some, show. Like, um... it's like truman-esque dude exactly uh, yeah yeah, like yeah truman-esque and it's like <laughs> i don't know and you have i don't know some old paintings up whatever and you, you can create that environment you can create yeah. that culture and that person yeah. that child would not know the difference have calendars up on the wall let's say it's 1956 that that individual would not know the they difference know. and we do that in small ways you know right. with, with our art pieces right. you know it's not that sense of like total environment but there's there's an it's element like, of time travel yeah right right which is why i never understood the whole like nostalgia for different decades and the art that came with it because okay. especially with the internet it's like you get to experience every single decade ever or maybe not ever but that we have recordings from or even ancient greece man i could i could read uh ancient greek mythology and be in that space yeah that they were in you know and that's the beauty of the 21st century is that you can time travel totally you know totally (laughs) yeah that's good stuff we should do that experiment i we just need to like kidnap a few people it's not a big deal right let's do it to jared man let's do it to your brother we'll just like lock him up in a room with only like 1950 shit and see how long it takes him to like start to think that it's real right totally yeah i'm seeing some kind or just even like writing a sci-fi script about that you know yeah like that'd be cool that'd be super cool yeah yeah. like what would happen you know totally and what would Jared when to like write? write that story. Right, you got should. a good premise for <laughs> good, like kind of you know fucked up sci-fi novel. But yeah, like <laughs> that'd be super cool. That'd be super cool. All right, actually, one more question because I know you're 
you're a movie guy, man. You're a movie buff. So like, yeah, to a certain degree for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, does film at all, um, influence your art? Totally. Yeah. It absolutely has. Cool, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if my paintings would look the way they do if it wasn't for like Stanley Kubrick's 2001, a space odyssey for sure. With like the monolith, wow. you know, like yeah. I don't think, I mean the whole idea and of course, also got to like shout out to Arthur C. Clarke, the original yeah. author yep. of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, yeah, that whole concept that this like minimalist shape like ignites the sense of like creativity to kind of like spawn humanity. Yeah, yeah. Was just like so cool to me. You know, you have those apes who are looking at this monolith. Yeah which kind of like ignites this thought to use a bone as a weapon kind of, you know, and like, which, and then they have that scene where it's like, he throws the bone and it leaps to the spaceship floating, which is like human. It's just the same thing. This tool. Yeah. You know, thousands of years later, that tool is the spaceship, which is a tool. (laughs) That like concept to me was so cool. Dude, that's so, so cool. Like, the minimalist shape was the catalyst for humanity. Oh, man. Like, loved it, you know? Yeah. That was so cool, so. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's great, (laughs) because also, it's like, okay, imagine, here's another, like, thought experiment. Imagine you you get stranded on a a desert island, right? Okay. You're walking around, there's just, like, plant foliage and, I don't know, animal sounds and water and sand, right? Nature there's nature yeah Yeah. you're just kind of like okay no one's here but then the moment you come across let's say like a bunch of beach rocks stacked on one another sure order yeah Yeah. the Uh moment you see that yeah uh, that order there straight lines straight lines then you're like hard angles yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. then you know there are people on this oh yeah what i thought was a deserted island it's it's a it's a um it's just a message of consciousness. I think that's what right. art is. That's what the totally. monolith is. In, in and space I like Odyssey. that. Yeah. And uh-huh. you'll, even if you look at my work, you're not going to find architecture or people in the landscapes. Right. And that's important for me also to not include that. Like, I'm not trying to include architecture, roads, really any form or sign of humanity except for my geometric de- like deconstruction of the skies yeah my and i'm geometry. starting to see like a um just for the listener i'm sitting on dion's couch and there's one of his paintings over the couch but there's something really alien about it like you said sure. the, the monolith sure. in um in space odyssey that comes from like a, a higher intelligence an alien intelligence exactly. so it's, it's non-human yet it's conscious you know and like that you right. get you see that you see that in your paintings yeah you know? it, it ignites something there it's doing something yeah you know it's something non-human yeah right right oh man like i feel like <laughs> <laughs> totally I feel yeah. like I, as, as the viewer i just like hit it oh shit no oh. totally totally and it, no i mean, in fact it's super great that you brought up film and that you know i think that's yeah that's a crucial aspect to my work too you know that kind of <laughs> that, that 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 leap of inspiration i took from film and yeah. kubrick and all that yeah that was 
it's yeah. super super <laughs> alien yeah and then actually it brings me back to new mexico as you know place and place and influence in art because what makes new mexico so unique is just like this weird weird crossroads of different cultures you get a sure. lot of like sci-fi and like yeah. nuclear bomb testing totally. and like totally. ufos right and, and then of course yeah. there's like mm-hmm. ancient ancient old indigenous culture and right that's of course still here and still occurring in the present so it's like you get all these different Spaniard, right. and European, it's like overwhelming these... like natural environment too yeah you know yeah. like the expanse of nature here right you also have yeah as it like leans against industry and the military and yeah you know yeah it's a it's like an alien place it's an alien it alien place and it I, is you're definitely tapping place. into that you know that like again just non-human way. yeah like, yeah totally and that's what's that's one of my favorite things about New Mexico is that again intersection between like future and past. You know, there you get totally, that. Totally. And I mean like far future, like alien conscious. Right, but here it's like, like yeah, you here it's pretty. You're at like there's this crossroad here between yeah. those two things, you know, and it's pretty apparent, and it's a it's an interesting combination. Yeah, and that comes out in your art. That definitely comes out in your art. You know. Yeah, I think yeah, it, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. tech and nature. You totally. just get all of these different sort totally. of like pick any binary you want: future and past, uh, nature and technology, human, non-human. Right. It seems like I feel like your stuff is like jumping into that, the vibration at that meeting point. You know, right? Joseph Albers, like we were saying earlier. Yep, creating yeah, yeah, those yeah. those points in art where you get those vibrations. You know. I feel dizzy. I feel like we just transcended. <laughs> <laughs> Transcendence of art. That's what this whole painting is about. John Singer Sargent. Okay. It's about the transcendence of art. See, it's uh, it's titled um, "Artist in a Studio," and you see this like interesting juxtaposition between his completely like disheveled studio, the unmade bed. There's paintings on his sheets. It's messy in there. He's, yeah. He's not really dressed well. His shoes may be untied, yet he's painting this like serene countryside landscape. Yeah. And it's this window he's creating in this world, within his world. And it's about how like art transcends and how you walk through that window and you go somewhere else. And that's why like I had to order that print. Oh, and man. it's about the transcendence of art to me. Yeah. You know, it's directly it. Yeah. Yeah. We we are creating these spaces, these windows to walk through. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And, and in that painting, it's the painting within the painting. So it's windows onto windows onto windows, which totally. is totally intense too. And Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there is something to, again, virtual reality. Like, I think painting was probably the first virtual reality, or, or not even painting, even petroglyphs, man. Because in New Mexico, there's a lot of different spots where you can go see old, old petroglyphs. Totally. Yeah, if you look back that far, no, yeah. totally. Absolutely. And sometimes you'll see some that you could tell that the way they, they were thinking of the rock that they were drawing on, totally. that the rock was a kind of like right? screen for them in the way that, you know, and you know, an yeah. iPad is a screen for us. Like their 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 interaction totally. with it is very very similar. Right. It's so embracing alien, that like yeah. yeah. It's that like it's that theatrical quality to two dimensional art. 
like yeah. how you pick your stage, how you deal with it. Yeah, your frame, how you your manipulate window. your medium. Right. Really, you know. And for the painter, that like your panel, your canvas is part of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh man, and I think that's another one of my favorite things about New Mexico is the petroglyphs around here because especially being awesome? a visual totally. artist it feels like um i don't well, like a kinship with whoever well it's like that, that timeless you know? quality too of standing in front of the mona lisa right. you go go hike diablo canyon mm-hmm. uh 20 miles away from here yeah and you it's like standing in front of the mona lisa like people were there there are petroglyphs yep. near Yes, you're yes. standing mm-hmm. there where the artist was. Exactly, you experience yeah. this vision. You have this same visual experience yeah. that others have had before you. Right. It's yeah. timeless. It's time travel. Yeah. Yeah. It's time travel. It's virtual reality. It's it sci-fi. Is. Like it I, is. I think, and that's part of why I love sci-fi too. I think like art is inherently science fiction. Totally. I, like always, like right. every art piece ever right. is a form of science fiction. Totally totally yeah storytelling you know yeah 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 figured it out (laughs) out. there it is done (laughs) damn yeah Oh, man, I I feel it no, too. I like, like I feel that, like, like I'm vibing. Came man. in this this yeah. John Singer Sargent painting. Yeah, so <laughs> dude, that's so cool. Like I, I hope that uh, thinking of viewers and audience and listeners, I hope that listeners can listen to this and feel like because I feel like this weird. I feel like my skin's tingling right now. Like, oh, I feel sure. this like no, I feel yeah, like I'm we like with you. No, brought some sure. alien intelligence into this room. So I hope like whoever listens to this pod can it's like is also like in being on that, affected you know? by that like artistic pollen. That's kind of yeah, the yeah. artistic pollen. It's <laughs> getting oh! out there. It's on you. It's on you, listener. Embrace it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, what a conversation. I thought I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess one more time. Where, where could people find you? Um, DionValdez.com. That's my website. I'm on Instagram, DionPaulValdez. Um, yeah, look out for me. I have shows here and there. So throughout the year, I'm be doing markets and art markets for now. But, you know, be represented in a gallery near you eventually. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool, hell yeah. yeah. All right, man. Thanks so much for, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks cool. for having me. Awesome.